You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unreasonable Fridays. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, and with me I have the uh, Lady of the Lake, she who is surviving the icy Southern California winter. It's freezing, Aaron. Dasha Mitchell, I am ladies cold. And Dasha Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen, how are you managing the um, the uh, sub-zero temperatures down in I mean, so, okay, first of all, it's now dark earlier, and I hate that. I really hate that. I don't like so it. Much. Just it, it's such a bla- stop. It's such a blast of East Coast that I despise it. Like, I'm just, like, getting getting dark at four in the afternoon is some East Coast bullshit. That's why I live here. I don't want to deal with it. I feel like I feel like we're just being dominated by East Coast sensibilities or something. I don't know. I voted. I voted to uh on the ballot measure to end it in the state of california it doesn't really mean anything nothing's gonna happen we still need like a majority to make it happen but i still voted for that shit yeah, I voted I daylight savings time okay i thought i was the only person that i didn't realize that was on the ballot but when i read it i looked it up for a second and i was like i hate daylight savings time so much i hate losing the hour and then everyone's happy to get back the hour but you lost it you lost it in the first place it was taken from you and then given back and it's supposed to be some precious gift that's abuse. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can't be doing that. You can't be taking stuff away and be, and then be like, ha ha. Christmas came early this year. Look at this extra hour. Stop doing that. Cause first of all, like those of us, I think I actually appreciated it when I was in my twenties, especially in the fall. It's like, ah, oh, I get to sleep in an extra hour. This is dope. I'm staying out late. Woo. I don't have any sense of my body and what it is that I need to do to get the appropriate amount of rest. This just means an extra hour of drinking. <laughs> And then we had children. You know who doesn't give a fuck about the time change? Two-year-olds. He doesn't care. He does <laughs> not care at all. He doesn't. It, he's just up whenever he needs to get up. And so I just, I need, I need the time to stop changing twice a year because of farmers or trains or whatever the reason is. <laughs> changing things. And it also is cold. You know, it got down to 50 degrees the other night. 50 Aaron my god did you put on a sweater I am wearing a sweater as a matter of fact my god it's cold my god I know like send help immediately it's I mean it's it it's barely cracking 80 degrees now during the day I feel like if it goes down to 40 then you're just gonna be running from a wall of frozen like that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal Jake Gyllenhaal remember that disaster yes, movie where Flash froze and then he was just out running a flash freezing wall he was just running we're gonna start creating bonfires <laughs> like burning our documents for heat because <laughs> it's only 79 degrees today i shouldn't complain i know people are actually feeling real weather but this feels like real weather to me listen californians have weather too we should be allowed <laughs> to discuss that is, that is the white lives matter of weather statements <laughs> a little bit a little. or the all lives matter it is it is a little bit. I did all lives matter that um, <laughs> that we should be allowed. To, I mean, if you can talk about the weather, then we should be allowed. It's winter for everyone. Am, do I not count? I'm a human. 
I feel weather. I have skin. Like, actually, no, it's 60 degrees and 65 degrees at night in November. You, your, your opinion on the weather is um, invalid, but... but it I'm a person! But yeah. Their weather doesn't matter more than ours, Aaron. <laughs> I don't care if there's a giant hurricane with spinning winds at 287,000 miles an hour and killing thousands upon thousands of people. Our weather matters too. Okay, as if Poseidon's marching along the Atlantic, staring directly <laughs> at North Carolina, not breaking eye contact with an entire U.S. state. Who cares? It's 55 cares? degrees at night. <laughs> I had to put on a sweater. To close all of my windows. Got a hot, hot chocolate. They get real cozy. Put my socks I on. From, from chill, chili rosé to a red <laughs> wine. <laughs> These are the important things, Aaron. And that's the point. That's the platform. That's why we're here, is to give everyone's weather conditions a voice. It's okay. I appreciate using weather as a standard for all lives matter. Right. For those of you who didn't get it. <laughs> that gives me joy. Um, how are things going up there in the Bay? uh everything's fine everything's fine we're getting we have our summer now um it was been 50 degrees all summer and we were like what the fuck so right. it's 70 degrees every single time. right it's 85 degrees for um thanksgiving so yay everything's yay! fine yay it's fine it's fine here everything's okay it's just you know it's fine the bay area is the only place where my way of getting ready to go to thanksgiving dinner is to like find a sundress right and it's weird because it gets cold. It's the only it get, it switches, so it gets colder down there, and it gets warmer up here. But so again, that's fine. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah. Just all weather matters. <laughs> so um, I was getting some requests uh, for an update on the uh, educational experience of my daughter. Mm -hmm. She is currently uh, working on an investigative journalism project to get approach the history and current ramifications of barn dancing in elementary schools mm -hmm. which she's very excited about so that's an ongoing project we'll check back in later probably after the new year because it's she's doing interviews now like literally walking up to other students and being like you like barn dancing no <laughs> check oh no She's gonna because you know that barn dancing has a zero percent approval rating. If zero you were, if you were to poll all the students, it's zero It's a hot zero percent. Hot zero percent. She's also not the most popular girl amongst some of the people at her school. So I don't know. For those of you who uh, have gone to a school with a playground that has swings on it, ever since I was a child, maybe before, there's this horrific system. I hate it so much of counting on a person while they're on a swing. It gave me great anxiety as a child. You'd get an opportunity to go on the swing, which is a coveted place because you're being hurled back and forth and you're sort of resting on the precipice of motion sickness for about 10 minutes if you can. That's right. And that's fun for children. It's your flight simulation break. You know how much annoying it is for you to sit on your tiny energetic ass all fucking day? So you get a moment to simulate some goddamn flight for five yes. minutes awesome 
and recess comes and everyone makes a break for the swings and the first kids to get there get on the swings and then everybody else who's left has to line up and start counting on the kids now i understand why this exists because kids don't understand how to share and those kids who all got on there will stay on those swings literally until they barf (laughs) the only way to stop them is to have like a some kind of system in place but the system is flawed and has been flawed and my daughter has noticed that this system is flawed she didn't have swings at her last school which was i thought about the best way to deal with this i was like we'll just get rid of the swings you're right ain't got nothing to fight about (laughs) no swings but there's swings here she enjoys the swings but then she gets counted on and what ends up happening is that there are certain children mainly boys it seems who like to target her because she's a young lady who likes to speak her mind and does weird things like doesn't stand during the national anthem and the pledge of allegiance so they target her and they count on her intentionally and they team up so it'd be like a, a group of like three boys who decided that she's a problem and they'll all count on her until she gets off and then they'll hold the swings amongst themselves my daughter noticing a flaw in the system has intervened do you know what she does now what does she do a little kid, she gets on a swing. Little kid comes up. Some damn shit kid <laughs> comes up, <laughs> counting on her. And they have to count out loud. One, two, and they count to 25, and then that's it. Do you know what this girl, she just starts shouting random numbers <laughs> while it is counting to throw off the count. <laughs> so she's on her swing, laughing away. The kid's like, one, two. And she's like, 14, seven. Eight, 91, <laughs> 32, 175. <laughs> and the kid's like, stop, 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 stop. I lost count. And she's like, you should start over. <laughs> she's like, on this way, you should start over. <laughs> oh, so what happened? Yeah. A little kid got so mad at her um for uh because she was she was doing that and then she also wanted to like have a conversation with him so she went over to him to introduce herself because she didn't actually know who this kid was he just decided he was going to pick on her so her way of dealing with that is like well let me go and meet this kid which i'm like how do you even know how to do this already so she goes over to introduce herself and he just yells in her face i'm telling what do you know what she said to that what Uh, tell him (laughs) But then she like ran off. He went to go get a teacher. The teacher couldn't find them. And then she got back on the swings and then he started to count on her again. And then she started shouting the numbers and then recess came. He didn't actually get to swing when he wanted to. And then he had a meltdown at the end of recess. (laughs) Mischief managed as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I mean, listen, She's like, the sim- The answer is really simple. He can either plug his ears or he can count on someone else. And if he hasn't figured that out yet, well, I'm just going to keep shouting numbers. <laughs> I have no argument with that. <laughs> <laughs> what about the update? Playground antics. According to one Althea Gosh, she also says that she's very excited that she has friends. She has a group of 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 friends who she of confident girls and Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
that's what you that's the best way to that's the best way to ensure your long-term safety as a gentleman he's like all right so they have a group of smart confident women i'm yep. going to practice being civil from the ripe old age of seven yep <laughs> and uh treating uh women and respecting them as human beings right now right right now because it's not it's not working for little hunter over there no like rolling around in the dirt crying because some girl keeps throwing his count off <laughs> and he can't figure out how to stop it. <laughs> some of the yeah, numbers. I hope. I mean, I mean, kudos to your she, daughter. Yeah. She's, yeah, hand, she's she handling school. Up. She's handling school very neatly. I mean, she's ready. She seemed like she was ready for this nonsense since before. I mean, I, I've always gotten the feeling that she relishes the opportunity to treat other people the way you treat her. Like the fact that she's always wanted to outsmart you. She cannot outsmart you. No, she tries though. But it's like, it's like constantly, it's like training, it's like training in high altitude. So now that she's back down on earth, it's a much easier time with all these peasant children, these <laughs> fools. All she does is shout numbers. She says, look at this. Look at this fool. <laughs> Trying to count. <laughs> I'll outsmart him. 175. And then he short circuits, <laughs> falls out of the swing. <laughs> so, yes. Your dog is ready. All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the latest. Stay tuned for other future dispatches from well, the third grade. And, uh, you know. And all right. Um, well, with that said, do we have any more stories? We can. What What do we? What else do we have, Dasha? What's What's sitting around? What do we have? So, well, I mean, so much. There's, this week is so just wildly chock full of stories. Um, so we had we had an election. Um, for one, and I feel like I'm still recovering from that. You know who's also recovering from it is Donald J. Trump. Um, who the the day after the election i don't know if anybody saw this the day after the election held the, one of the wildest press conferences i've seen in a minute and that's saying a lot when talking about donald j trump it really is yeah so it started it started with uh um so he had an hour-long press conference at the white house about the midterm elections and what his plans were for the next couple years. And basically they wanted to find out like what he thought of like the blue wave or, you know, the flipping of um, uh, Congress, et cetera. Um, and he was basically like, uh, I did great. <laughs> Everyone I supported did great and I'm great and everything's great. Yeah. Hot take. Oh, you'd expect. Yeah. He's, he's captain, captain hot takes. I'm great. Um, and you know, this, it was a victory for me and I'm a great moral leader. That's a good takeaway. Okay. The oil prices are falling because of him, uh, job numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then, uh, Jim Acosta of CNN asked if, uh, what he thought about, uh, the special investigation, <laughs> And it led to an actual, like, almost tussle, not between <laughs> Donald Trump, but between one of his aides. 
And it's really hard to explain. You'd have to see it, but I think we have the audio. Here's the audio, Aaron. All right, let's see what we got here. If I may ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? That's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was enough. Ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President, me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question. If I may ask on on the Russia investigation. So what what's happening in this clip is Jim Acosta was asking a question about the Russian investigation, and uh, Donald Trump gets mad that he's asking the question. And just before this clip, he actually walks away from the podium and stands with his arms crossed. <laughs> like away from the podium, like waiting for Jim Acosta to stop or something. And he's not, he just keeps going. So then he kind of looks over at this young woman who's an aide and she walks over to like, take the snatch, the microphone out of Jim Acosta's hands. <laughs> and he's like, that's when he says like, um, no, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I am holding this microphone. I am fine and fully capable of holding this microphone until I am finished. <laughs> and What's really telling about this clip, and I invite everybody to watch it, is the look on her face when she, like, can't take it away from him and then looks back at Donald Trump like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> it's also the look of somebody who works in the the glittering uh, palace on the hill of toxic masculinity town. <laughs> or it's like, are you going to do something? Do I need to do something? I'm trying to be aggressive, but it's not aggressive enough. Oh, God, am I going to get yelled at later? Oh, no. I don't want to be locked in an office with anyone. <laughs> Shit. That is the look on her face. So there was... Uh, and then what's come out today is uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders released a doctored version of the video clip to show that Jim Acosta actually, like assaulted this woman uh, what and that was to explain because so jim acosta wouldn't stop asking questions he wouldn't give the microphone to the woman who was snatching the microphone away from him and then he finally did give it to the next reporter and then his credentials were immediately revoked and he was banished from the white house grounds <laughs> then to follow up as a way to justify the banishment sarah huckabee sanders released a video that showed like added sort of like a like a, a speed up or a slowdown of the moment that because there is skin contact. She's trying to take the microphone out of his hand and he's gesturing with his other hand, like asking a question. And it's like his hand like falls on her hand as it's like on her arm as she's like yanking the microphone. And they like doctored in such a way so it looks like he's like hitting her arm. <laughs> Just not at all what happened at all. It's like, in case you were wondering if we're living in a fascist state that's trying to control stories through lies, look no further. Yeah, this is where we're at now. Yeah. Like, I mean, what intern did they hire to, like, doctor some footage of a press conference? But that wasn't even my favorite part. That's the one that, like, that's the the clip that kind of was making the, the most... Uh, uh, generated the most hay across the internets. But mm. the one that I kind of have watched over and over again is the following one where um, uh, the reporter from uh, uh, PBS NewsHour asked him a question about uh, the, the calling himself a nationalist. And I think we have a, a, a clip of that as well. Go ahead. 
Hi, Mr. President. Yemi Shell Center with PBS NewsHour. Um, on the campaign trail, you called yourself a nationalist. Some people saw that as emboldening white nationalists. Now people are also I don't saying know why you'd that say the president. That's such a racist There question. are some people that say that yeah. now the Republican Party is seen as supporting white nationalists oh, because of your rhetoric. That. I don't what do you that. make of that? I don't believe it. I just, well, I don't know. Why do I have my highest poll numbers ever with African Americans? Why do I have among the highest poll numbers with African Americans? I mean, why do I have my highest poll numbers? That's such a racist question. Honestly, I mean, I know you have it written down and you're going to tell me. Let me tell you, that's a racist question. And Mr. Uh, President, I'm I love ask you know what the word is? I, I love our country. I do. You call you have nationalists, you have globalists. I also love the world. And I don't mind helping the world, but we have to straighten out our country first. We have a lot of problems. And Ms. Excuse me. But to say that what you said is so insulting to me. It's a very terrible thing that you said. And Ms. <laughs> know where like there's so much in there there's so much in there <laughs> i mean first of all so yamish elsendor is asking a reasonable question he said i'm a nationalist right and folks were like that sounds like white nationalist is that what you're aligning yourself with now donald trump the worst thing that anyone could ever call him apparently is a racist so he tries to flip it back on elsendor like no, you're the racist. Take that. <laughs> Not understanding that being called a racist, like it rolls off of our backs like ducks. You can't, you can't call black people racist. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have the power. It just really doesn't. It's just another word. It doesn't have anything to do with who we are. Right. Like, that's not that's not what's happening. It's not. And like the way to shut it down is be like, you're asking the racist question. <laughs> You're racist. You're you are. You are. You, you are. But the one thing that I really want to pick apart is the is him trying to justify like not only are you racist for asking this question, but I'm going to show that I'm not racist by quoting this fake ass poll about how much black people love me. Now, I can just perform a poll of the black people that I know, and there's a fairly good sample size, and not one likes Donald Trump. No, nobody likes Donald Trump. Not, not one. So, okay, let's increase the sample size, because you might say, Dasha, you only know like 150 black people. <laughs> Should you increase that size a bit? Cool, let's do that. Let's go over to a Gallup poll. They know how to do polls, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, so first, before we get to the Gallup poll, so Donald Trump is trying to quote uh, uh, the Rasmussen report, which uh, is wildly inaccurate because he's, they literally just pulled statistics from black folks who already supported Trump. So the results were, they were picked by pro-Trump media outlets like Breitbart. Um, which were used to argue against accusation, accusations of racism from the Democratic left. So it might seem far-fetched that Rasmussen is reporting between 36 and 40% approval ratings amongst African Americans. It might seem far-fetched, right? Mm -hmm. It's because it is. <laughs> his, his black approval rating is nowhere near 36%. So the polling firms that have interviewed far more African Americans, like Gallup, um, show that Trump's black approval rating is uh, hovering between 10 and 15%. Which is still pretty goddamn high. 
pretty damn high. Like, how, like wh who are you? Is it is it just all Stacey Dash's friends and family? I mean, what? I think either you don't know Donald Trump, and then you might be inclined to think that everything we say is wrong with him is an exaggeration because it does feel like it's an exaggeration. Like it's a lot for one person to be this terrible. So maybe you're reluctant to accept this fact. Cause I mean, that's like I said, the Stacey dash types, that's the first yep. thing they do is they are not acknowledging the enormity of his, of his white nationalism. They refuse. So I, yeah, I mean, Quinnipiac university, uh, did a survey over the past two months and his approval rating amongst black folks is 9%. Right. No. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's like beating the dead horse. Is it a lot? Yes, it's a lot. Yes, he's lying. But I think what's most important to understand is that how, like, what the spin looks like to people who don't accept that as a lie. You know, there are people who basically see him saying like, yeah, that is a racist question because he didn't say white nationalist. He just says nationalist, which means that he loves the nation. And stop trying to, you know, pin race racism on him. And also, look, 40 percent of black people like him. So PBS, you're totally biased. You're fake news, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's the narrative that can't be trusted because it's confirming the biases that I already have. Which is why when it comes to the election and it comes to the discourse around the election, you just have to stand firm with like what it is that you're like, what is actually right and what is the truth. Right. And there's no both sides to this. That side is wrong and full of lies. And then the other side isn't. Period. Done. Done. Okay. So with talk about the election we've got um for the first time ever on unreasonable fridays we have guests <laughs> all right all right dasha um we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna engage the elephant in the room the giant pink elephant with the beer and um <laughs> talk about election day <laughs> drunk elephant <laughs> it's drunk it's been there for a while nobody's been talking about it it's um it's very lonely and it's, it's not hard. drunk it just likes beers <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> likes beers this is the perfect segue who do we have in the room with us aaron we have with us two hosts of the wyd weekly the official podcast of the we built this campaign uh, amy castanel and uh blessed sean how are you two doing we're tired. <laughs> right. You guys work in politics. So if you guys just pour, everyone pour out a little liquor for these two people right now, wherever you are, just go pour out a little bit on the sidewalk or just on your office floor. If you have something. Pour you're into my cup, please. Thank you. <laughs> please. Yeah. Just a stiff Jameson would really, you know, Jameson and ginger with lime heavy on the lime. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It's right? not too early to drink. It's no, never. No. Well, so so for our listeners who may not know, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, I'm going to start with you, Sean. Well, I uh, currently reside in the District of Columbia, where I try to slay everybody with as much fashion and style as possible uh, while pretending to know anything about politics. I'm really just trying to start some type of political scandal so somebody can buy me a condo. <laughs> that is... 
big dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Aaron and Amy know I want a, an apartment at the Woodley, which is a bougie marble lined building that I'll never be able to afford unless I start a scandal. That's true. That's true. Can you take fashionable Insta? Can you have like a fashionable Insta shoot right in front of it in that marble? Because it seems like it would go yes. serve as a beautiful backdrop. Exactly. So I love this. You know, I thought it was going to be with one of the Trump folks. There's mm. still time. But, you know, everybody has a price is all I'm saying. You got to work your way up maybe through the kids. Start with Tiffany because no one cares about her. Poor Tiffany. <laughs> Poor Tiffany. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, Tiffany oh. doesn't even like Tiffany. I know. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> you become her BFF and maybe you'll get invited as a secondary guest, maybe. Well, she's already a secondary guest for Thanksgiving. So she doesn't right. get a plus one. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're already she like, is the plus one. Who are you? <laughs> I know. We'll both have is to. is the plus one. And we both have to enter through the back door. Like, damn, Tiffany, you can't even walk through the front. She's like, no. <laughs> No. Poor girl. That poor girl. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> thank uh, you, Sean. Amy, Amy, tell us about you. Hello. Um, I'm Amy Castanel. I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia, where we are neck deep in uh recount <laughs> territory. <laughs> Ooh, it is and, real. You know, it is I keep it uh real and popping out here in these uh streets, sometimes talking about politics. Mostly talking about my hair. <laughs> Which is luxurious. I love it. I see the curls. They're popping. We can talk about hair products later. Um, so if we're, however, so how is everybody, how, how's everybody feeling about this election? Because it's blue wave, right? We did it, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a blue something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel I, on election night. I feel like I've gone through so many layers and levels of feelings, but on election night, I felt very, very discouraged. And I was really sad. And I was like, this is bullshit. I'm so upset. I've put my heart and soul into this thing. And I cannot believe what I'm seeing with my own eyes. But then the next day when I woke up and I heard Stacey Abrams speech where she was like, no, we're not quitting. We're not like turning over. We're not pretending like this is okay. We're going to fight this shit until the end and count every single vote that came through. Then I was like, okay, so we got a real one. We got a real one and we're not going to let this monster take control. So I feel good now. I'm like, you know, it's obviously an uphill battle because we're dealing with like a person who's running for governor who is the Secretary of State. And at this point, it's like in the Secretary of State's wheelhouse. <laughs> right. So so for those for those of our listeners who who aren't up to speed on what is is happening in Georgia, um Amy, can you give like a quick rundown of what exactly yeah. has happened? I'm sure a lot of folks have heard part of it. They've heard about like this whole um exact match situation. Uh, who yeah. he, they've seen commercials of this of of camp with a shotgun. Like what's <laughs> happening down there? <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound so civilized. Um, <laughs> basically, we had an election in Georgia for governor. Um, the opponents were Stacey Abrams, magical black woman, genius uh, politician, running against Brian Kemp, 
notoriously shitty <laughs> secretary Crash. of state who refused to recuse himself from his job as secretary of state in order to run for governor, even though that is a clear conflict of interest. And he's been a Brian Kemp is essentially like the architect of voter suppression, not just in Georgia, but in the full South, the Southern states. He's been secretary of state for, I think about six years. He's done literally every trick in the book to like limit the franchise for most people, particularly black and Brown people. Mm. Um, He's just a maniac in the streets. And uh, Stacey Abrams started an organization years ago in 2014 um, to register people to vote. So they've actually been like sparring against each other around uh, voter protection for about, what, four or five years now. So they know each other really well. So it is actually a really good matchup if you were looking at this as if it was a game. But if you're looking at it as if it's like your real human life that's on the line. (laughs) Right, because this is not a game. Terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) He has done everything to stop people from voting. Close uh, polling places in rural areas. uh, Limit the number of machines that actually work in places. uh, Put broken machines like... There was a, a moment in time when you were like going to vote for Stacey Abrams and it was actually registering a vote for Brian Kemp. Like just anything what? that you could like dream up that you're like, what's one way that we could like fuck it up for people that happened. He's- and so it happened over and over again, all over like not counting the absentee ballots from uh, military people overseas, like just all kinds of shenanigans, like shenanigan after shenanigan. And he's and- been sued like 18 billion times. Uh, for all his violations, and he just keeps doing them over and over. He, in fact, got sued for one thing. The judge was like, nope, you can't do that. And so then he got his friends in the legislature to change the law so that he could do it again. And that's the exact match situation. Like, he he basically, okay. the, the law was like, no, you can't uh, disqualify someone's voter registration just because there was, like, a typo. Um, and instead and of... like, a typo could be, like, a, a mis- like, a misplaced dash yeah misplaced dash like Uh, a missing accent on a letter yep any of those things and they're just like throwing Mm. whole voter whole ass voter registrations go out the window and so at the the last minute um the judge said that's not allowed you actually have to accept these voter registrations and then he you know obviously proceeded to drag his feet and not make sure that those people were registered by the Mm. registration deadline i mean he just is always like doing the like Anything that like a kid would do in school to like kind of like skirt the law, get over on people. Like he's just like a get over artist, as my mother would say. <laughs> uh, for real. I mean, he does. Is anyone certain that he wasn't at that party with Brett Kavanaugh? Because he certainly <laughs> looks like it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know him. Because that seems like that's that's cut from the same cloth, as far as I'm concerned. Um. But so this is an ongoing, this is ongoing in Georgia. This is ongoing, ongoing drama. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like actually there was breaking news that, uh, George, that Kemp resigned. Yeah. He was, he's, he's claiming. At secretary that, of state. Uh, right. As secretary of state. He's claiming it as a win for him. Like he's uh-huh. saying, uh, I was elected as governor. So I'm going to go ahead and resign as secretary of state because I'm going to oh, have no. a new job soon. But the reality is that there was a lawsuit that was brought by Georgia voters that said like, you have to resign from this job as secretary of state because you cannot administer the recount as right like that's fucked up and so that's what actually happened and that's why he had to resign but he you know he's making it seem like it's his choice because he's thinks that he wants proven himself to be so honest thus far i mean i don't know why (laughs) yeah 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 it's fascinating all right right. well so you have captain planet villains in office 
That's all. No doubt. Just fascinating to me that we have cartoon villains all over the place. But anyway, yes. What were you saying, Dasha? Just well, Sean. How's how are, how's everything in uh, the fine district of Columbia? I mean, you know, our votes don't count for anything anyway. So I just you know <laughs> went, went and voted and got me some chicken wings with some mambo sauce after. <laughs> that was delicious. the highlight of my day. It was, but you know, I think like Amy said. Um, and Amy and I had like a really good debrief about this the other day, but people talk about like this, the blue wave and we did this and we got this many things. Um, and like, we look at it as a game, but we don't really think about like, oh, these are people, right? So yeah, while we won so many things, the things that we did not win, I'm, I still can't, like, I'm still losing sleep over that because those things that we did not win impact people who still look like me you know what I mean I know that those things will impact the people that I care about so yeah you know like all the the political commentary I think that's just what's been annoying me most is that we actually this country actually talks about politics as some sort of like competitive game for popularity and power and not actually serving people right 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 and it makes it oh sorry no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just I was just gonna say, I think that's like that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I personally have learned from the Stacey Abrams campaign, but also, you know, from watching the Gillum campaign in Florida, just like looking at the ways that like those candidates actually took issues that people care about and use that as their way of reaching people instead of the other way around being like, Oh, well, I'm a Democrat. They have to come and get me. They have to be on my side. And so I'll talk about the things that I know will like make people feel comfortable and help me win. And then they'll just get on my page. But instead they're like, like in Florida, they passed uh, an amendment to re-enfranchise about 1.4 million, Mm -hmm. mostly black and Brown people, black Mm -hmm. and Brown men who were formerly incarcerated. That is huge, huge. And it is it could change the political landscape in Florida forever. That is a big win. But I mean, yeah. the only reason why that was even possible is because people were organizing around it for years and then they had a candidate who was willing to talk about it. That's right. And that's where we need right. to be. None of this, like, uh, we need this many seats to change the Senate and this many seats to change the House. Because it's like, okay, that's great. That's all well and good. You could put it on your map and you could have a conversation that's real cute, but what are those people that we just elected? What are they about? And what are they going to do when they get there? I don't care if there's a black woman sitting in a chair, unless that black woman is sitting in a chair talking about the things that I care about. If yep. she's right. in a chair talking about like <laughs> repealing the 13th amendment, then I might have to go ahead and ask her to get up and go somewhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, wait, is Stacey Dash running? <laughs> I mean, you know, sis would, that's her, the first plank on her platform. I mean, that's real. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's the thing. There was, I, I can't remember which state it was, where a Republican woman won, and it was, she's the first uh, woman to be, I think, governor of the state. And like, nope. <laughs> it's like, I can't celebrate her. Great. I know, great. It's a first. You're still going to try to take away my the right for me to do what I want with my own body. So, right. no thank you, ma'am. Um, <laughs> But I do think that, uh, yeah, like there were some, like the the Florida uh, Amendment 4 was a huge win. Um, And even though um, 
you know, the the governor the governorship still rests in the sleazy hands of the lizard man of Tallahassee. Um, it still is. I mean, he he can no longer preside over those terrible hearings, right? Where someone would travel hours to try and get re-enfranchised, right, and just be denied outright for no good damn reason other than he just didn't like the look of him. Right. Yeah. No. Everybody who had to do that is now free of his lizard face. Yes. Yes. Because and let's be real, like that, like Amendment Four, for those who don't know, is steeped directly in racist Jim Crow black code history. It was put into place right after black folks were freed. They're like, we can't have all these niggas running around here voting. Right. <laughs> Literally. We yeah. can't have that. <laughs> so let's make a law that makes it so that they can't and um, put a lot of them in jail. Therefore, they don't get to vote. And then no one changed it. Um, so despite like the things that we're watching close, is has Florida conceded? Does anybody know? Does anybody no, know not what's yet. happening with Gillum? And I mean, on election night, Andrew Gillum actually did concede. Um, but then after the fact, they were like, oh, wait a minute. We're still counting these votes and there's still a chance. So I think that they're fighting it now. Okay. So we got two fights going on, one in Georgia and one in Florida. Yeah. So despite all of the chicanery that's been going on is there anything that gives you any kind of hope in all yeah of the fact that these people are fighting i mean I, john and i were literally just talking about this but i mean i could not be more buoyed by this response we have seen democrats roll over and do nothing in the face of these exact same voter suppression tactics like for years and years and years i mean this is not a new thing this is not the first day that they invented voter suppression it's not going to be the last. But every other time we've seen people just give up and be like, oh, well, we can't. Ugh, it sucks that we lost, but let's take the lessons and like learn something and maybe next time we'll get them. But this time they're saying, guess what? No, I'm not doing this with you today. Not today and not tomorrow. We're going to stand mm -hmm. here and we're going to count all these votes and make sure that every single person who turned out to vote, their, their like actual vote is seen and heard. And then we'll figure it out. Then we'll let let the record show and let the people speak that to me is a hopeful move I yeah <laughs> yeah I, I do feel good about the fight how about how about you sean Are you... Mm, yeah i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Mm, you know I, I hear a little less you're like oh. <laughs> i mean it's good right but like what is so two things what is going to be the opportunity cost for these candidates for like pushing back against the democratic party and the system? Right. Cause we all know that, um, that there will be consequences for them in their career. So that, that annoys me. Um, and then I hope that the same energy happens. So like we, so we have, we have this quote unquote wave. Right. But I think that's where people kind of think it stops. Right. So mm -hmm. even right. once Stacey Abrams gets into office, I still want to push her on certain issues. When Andrew Gillum gets into office, I still want to push him on certain issues. When Shanice Davis gets into, like, I still want to push folks. And so I think we have a tendency to not only, like, push back when we're being wrong, but then we also have a tendency to, like, not push once we win. And then we wonder mm -hmm. why we have these consistent, like, reels of the same emotions mm -hmm. and happenings happening. Because nobody wants to move before a loss or after a win we just want to be like okay we did the we did this whole process that these old ass white men invented however many years ago so we're good now yeah 
Yeah. And that, that sort of lack, the, the lack of pushing on, you know, on issues that, because not every candidate has their, their priorities aligned with every individual constituent, that would be impossible. (laughs) So, So like, how do you, like the issues that are important to you, like how do you push on someone who you're already aligned with? One of the challenges that I see is like how even we communicate with each other about this. It's like the moment you try to push a, a progressive candidate on something on Twitter, let's say, and then Twitter jumps in like, why are you getting on a blah, 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 you're being divisive. So like mm. how, how do folks, how, do, how, how can folks manage that <laughs> other than just muting and blocking like crazy? Well, I think we have to like really think about what are we annoyed about, right? And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I will, I love to cape for Black people all the time, except for like R. Kelly and Kanye and all of them. But, yeah. <laughs> <Bye>. especially <laughs> when, exactly. I don't know them. <laughs> for real. But like, what are we pushing? Are we just supporting Black candidates or are we supporting mm-hmm. black interest because right. just because you're a black candidate means that you're supporting black interest we see a lot of black folks out here in the movement and politics everywhere who are you know on the front lines of the cameras but not on the front lines of the communities mm-hmm. that's right so i you know in my like i think especially older people or people who are not as involved in politics but only on social media like once they see a person of color or they see themselves reflected in a candidate, they're automatically 100% in. And so they're like, yeah, I'm with it. And I'm like, but you don't even know this person's platform. It could be completely trash. And right. so I would say to the divisiveness, it's not really divisive. It's just urging people to do some research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also understanding that like, like Black folks, for example, as we all know, we are not a monolith. Right. So you can have like older, older black folks who are, who might consider themselves to be, you know, like hardline Democrats, you know, voting for the like sort of reasonable, respectable candidate who has the shittiest LGBTQIA politics you could ever imagine. Right. And being fine with that and not understanding that like, no, that's also killing us right. as well. Like this is the us. I mean, the a good example of something similar to that is Oprah, right? So Oprah comes out there and she is campaigning and she uses this narrative around like ancestors and slavery and they died for our right to vote. Yeah. That resonates with people of a certain age group. Yep. It does not resonate with millennials anymore. It, it's, you know, people, we posted it on We Built This. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey. Hi. Um, <laughs> But our comments were like, this ain't, this does not speak to me. I feel like I'm being bullied into voting and it doesn't work. Right. I mean, it's true because the thing is like, I'm, and I'm with it. Like if you don't feel like voting is for you, if you don't feel like it makes a difference in your life, I would never, ever sit there and tell somebody you must vote because people died and blah, blah, blah. Those people made a choice. You can make a choice. That's the whole point. Feel free to make a choice. But what I always urge people to say is like, look, we got a whole bunch of things that are wrong and we can sit here all day and talk about all the things that are wrong and, and the ways that we can imagine and dream up to fix them. And I'm down for it. Like, let's think about all the different possible ways that we could create change and explore all of them. Cause they are all useful and we all, we need them all literally every idea, everything, because there's a lot of shit wrong. 
And one possible way that you can change things is voting. And it's not because, you know, you're voting for this candidate who's like a miracle worker and is going to do magic on the world and like literally change things. But what you are actually voting is like you're voting for something, voting for healthcare, voting for the right to vote, like whatever it is, like you're making a choice to vote for that thing, but you're also voting to change the landscape within which we're organizing. Cause you're going to say like, once this person is in office, we now know who that person is and how to reach them versus this other person who is much harder to reach for X, Y, and Z reasons. That doesn't mean that the person that you just voted in is going to be perfect or is going to have the right response to every single thing. They're still a human being and they are Mm -hmm. still you know, limited in all kinds of ways, but we can now push them on every other issue because we know like they already stood there and told us what they're about. And so now we know more about them and now we can tell them to do things that are more important to our community. It's not, uh, but it, but also if you don't see that as part of your like organizing platform or you don't see that as part of your life and ministry, then don't vote. But and I'm not going to ever tell somebody like, just because you don't vote, you can't complain. Cause I'm from new Orleans and my whole <laughs> point in life is to complain about things. <laughs> yeah. You can still complain, but I'm still going to tell you what I think the answers might be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that like where, where, where Oprah felt flat too, is that for a lot of younger folks, it just, yeah, it felt like, it felt like you were being lectured to by some, someone else's auntie at church. <laughs> right that's for like acting a certain way and you're just like but okay (laughs) you're gonna walk away and then immediately forget (laughs) and not really like because it doesn't that's like the nature of resonance right is that it just doesn't resonate it just sounds like older folks talking about something that isn't really practical that isn't really about like what is happening in this present moment you know like first and for some people it's just a matter of like listen like this the only way that we can if like, how do you feel about Donald Trump? Do you want to help push back against that? Then vote for this person. Like, couching it in terms of, like, practical things, which yeah. also means listening to what it is, to what is important to voters. Absolutely. Which, which I think is part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be clear, messaging around elections has always been trash on both. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> People and but that's mainly because people don't listen, right? Like if yeah. you literally reflect back what people are telling you, hello, Stacey Abrams. So many people across this country see themselves reflected in Stacey mm-hmm. because yeah. she ran a campaign like a human being and not like a political operative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so sorry, Oprah. I you know, I appreciate I appreciate all the slaves. I really do. I appreciate <laughs> it. But like, you know, telling me that that that's not going to move me as much as you saying like trans and gender nonconforming rights are under attack and this yeah. is how we move it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Oprah's people too. And she probably looked at Stacey Abrams and was like, that's me. Just like when yeah. I looked at Stacey Abrams, I was like, that's me. And now, I mean, everybody on this podcast, listening to this podcast doesn't know that I don't have a lot in common with Oprah. <laughs> so also yeah. being the same person and being like, that's me is crazy. But I mean, I do feel like that's the kind of candidate and that's the kind of like atmosphere that Stacey Abrams creates for people is that she is willing to listen to most people. And she has like a, a, a 
grounding in like an actual human experience. So you do feel like, oh, she's on my side. She got me. Yeah. Which is which is exactly what any candidate should be. It shouldn't just be someone who's trying to predictively tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. You know, uh, it's someone who's responsive to what it is that you have to say. And it's it, in and in this climate in particular, it's become so difficult to keep up with everything that's happening because, you know, Donald Trump is every 5 minutes doing something wild and both predictable and unpredictable at the same time. Yeah. That's the most wild part of all this. I could have predicted that he was going to fire Jeff Sessions. And yet it came as a surprise. Exactly. Also, I I heard somewhere, I feel like it might have been another podcast, The Daily, uh, and they said that uh, Donald Trump doesn't like to fire people. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did Michael Barbaro say that? I, I mean, you know, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure I heard that this morning. And as I was listening, I was like, wait a minute, what? He what? fires more people than I've ever seen in my life. Fires everybody. Isn't yeah. It, isn't that we're part all, of, I mean, isn't that part of his wrestling style persona that even got him famous in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't Yeah, everybody's fired. The president. <laughs> everybody's fired. So, so I guess like in the end like what is it that folks because we're now post-election what what can people do that's always a question of like well what do we do now i mean if you're if you want to participate in the ongoing election in georgia you can go ahead and give money to the stacey abrams campaign uh i don't work for the campaign but that is what i know to be something that people need um they're still trying to get in touch with people who got provisional ballots and they're still trying to talk to voters um and they that shit costs money quite frankly mm -hmm. and so if you mm -hmm. have money to give please feel free to give it all of georgia thanks you please do it but beyond that <laughs> i think uh it's like what sean said if there is a community that you're a part of that you care about don't wait until it's some election to be like oh let me get involved because this person is uh gonna do something bad in my community or this person gonna do something good in my community get involved now and build mm -hmm. that network of whether it's organizations or people or whoever it is, find out who, who are the people who are doing the shit that makes sense to you and get involved now and make sure that you have like a strong voice so that when somebody is running for office, they know that they have to talk to you. They can't ignore you. They can't like sweep you under the rug and pretend like your issues aren't important because you're organized. So just right. organized. you've been there. Organize people, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> any last, any last thoughts, Sean? I mean, you know, give us some money. Put your money out there. I'm so mm -hmm. yeah. You're right. You're right. Put I your hear that. money out there. You know, people think, and I get this. I'm a digital organizer, right? Because online organizing is much more accessible to me um, than like actually being on the front lines. But for those who have the means and resource, you got to do more than send a tweet. Put put that uh, visa card up there and start donating to the causes that you care about mm -hmm. and like, and to the people in those communities as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so if you don't have an organization that you trust or that, you know, give it to somebody that you know is being impacted. That is part of those communities that you care. Put about. Sean in this condo. God. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. yes. We have rent to pay. We have rent to pay. I need minimum of two bedrooms with a terrace. Thanks. I mean, don't you need three bedrooms? I mean, where am I going to live? Oh, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Wait, wait, don't you need four? Because like you need to put someplace to put all the coats. Oh, that's yeah, fair. yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I need I need one room just to be a closet. <laughs> yeah, just just to be a closet. I mean, I think nowadays everybody's got a everybody's got a Patreon or a Venmo. So mm-hmm. I find myself actually doing that more often than not. Rather than giving directly to an organization, I give to somebody who I know is just individually doing the work. And maybe that's not as practical, but it's like, I know that even if it goes to like them buying themselves some dinner, I don't care. Like it's sustaining you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's what it's about is sustaining people. So, you know, maybe that, maybe that $15 that you gave them is just enabling somebody to like order some food and stay in the office a couple hours longer to get some work done. Hey, (laughs) that's two more hours of work. Right. (laughs) So like. I just think I just think that if you find someone that you want to invest in, then literally, yes, invest in them. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it too. Mm-hmm. Give people money. Right. <laughs> you can't do anything else. Give them money. Well, here's the deal. You know what, Sean? Well, well, let's first of all, how do we find? Well, we'll start, Sean. How do we find you in social media? And also, if you want to drop the Venmo link, you are free to do so. People can <laughs> give you money right now. They can hear you. But you two, both of you, listen, I'm, we're not bashful here. Every Negro associated with this program should be at least be able to get themselves a coffee at some point. Yes. Look at God. Oh, I I'm about to sink all my Venmo, my Cash App, all the things. All the things. Zell. Yes. Well, you can find us on social media. Um, at we built this, where we built this on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Blessed Sean. That's B L E S S I T T. Same on Instagram, Blessed Sean. I love it. Dasha, I think, saw the Sia costume that you wore for Halloween, I believe it was. Oh my God. <laughs> y'all, y'all, if you stop what you're, if you're listening to this and are not driving, stop what you're doing right now. Oh my gosh. And head over and take a look at this. I literally gasped. Like oh, Eric yeah. got caught in my throat. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> it was glorious. I love it. Was. Just, just truly, truly, truly not of this earth or this plane. Oh. Just beautiful and delightful. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That's actually on my um my other account. Let me go ahead and plug that. Let's go. That, <laughs> that is the chic effect. Uh the period chic period effect uh and that's where i really use style and fashion to be my form of resistance and self-care in these trying times mm. oh, well, it is it beautiful, is beautiful too, y'all. get into it and how do we find you amy uh i you can find me uh everywhere on the internet at amy orleans that's a-i-m-e-e-o-r-l-e-a-n-s uh just like new orleans the greatest city in america <laughs> uh and i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on twitter i'm on snapchat i'm everywhere same name venmo i'm definitely on venmo and i will absolutely give you a link to that we're not, yes. we're not kidding around so please feel free i'm also on cash app <laughs> see and paypal i don't give a shit I'm- <laughs> those people are monsters <laughs> i don't care <laughs> oh all right then folks um like i said that was uh amy and sean you can uh, also listen to them on the uh, wyd weekly the official podcast of we built this available on itunes and google play so please uh don't be bashful give them your money and your time let's do this 
I mean, you won't regret it. I love it. I love, I love your show. You have to just, it's, it's like, it's where you can get like the real truth of what's going on. Oh, thanks. Yay. Yay. We love being here. <laughs> We're never leaving. All right. Thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're here forever. stuck with us now. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. No, thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right, that was fantastic. Um, again, Amy Castanel, Sean Bryant from the WID Weekly Podcast. We built this podcast. I uh, hope to have them again soon. Um, you know, I think, I think that might be our hour, Dasha. Yeah, we went through. I mean, we covered a lot. I'm, I'm grateful to, to Sean and Amy. That was, that was a really good conversation. All right, I want we, them on the show again. Mm-hmm. And we, let us know if you want to hear them on the show again. Please, feedback is welcome. Uh, you can find yeah. I mean, you can find me at ANS Freeman on Twitter. And uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm regularly, I'm very available on Facebook. Unless you're racist, then I'm not available at all on Facebook. So that <laughs> would make me the racist, wouldn't it? That makes me a racist. You're racist, Aaron. I am a racist. How dare you? I am racist. And How dare you, sir? And you're Dasha Takes Note on Twitter? I am Dasha Takes Note on Twitter. Right. You may be able to find me on uh, on Facebook, but that's only because we know mutual people. So that's the only way you ever get access. <laughs> yeah. You can also find me on Instagram if you want to see cute pictures of kids doing cute things or pictures of me voting, etc. That's also Dasha Takes Note. Um, yeah, I think that's our show. Mm-hmm. Are you at work? Get the hell out of there. Yeah, you gotta go. It's Friday. It's been a long, terrible week. And I think you deserve to leave work early. You do. Put your coat on. Leave a coat on the back of your seat. Bring it's time to bring in the spare coats, everybody. You got the back of the chair coat and you got the coat that you need to actually go outside because it's a freezing 45 degrees outside. Get your bag, leave your laptop, go to the elevator, go home. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> oh, there you go, folks. Thank you guys for listening. I'll uh, see you guys next week. Bye. Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays. Help us to take over the airwaves and destroy centuries of misinformation perpetuated by colonizer propaganda. Or, you know, buy us a coffee and a few video games.